Melbourne's diverse poetry scene. Poets using their voices to entertain, to move, to take you on a journey. Connecting you to grassroots poetry and performance. Good morning and welcome to the 3CR Spoken Word Program. My name is Di Cousins and I would like to acknowledge the custodians and traditional owners of the land, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and pay my respects to elders, poets and artists past and present. Um, so today I'm talking to Anne Elvie about her new book, Leaf. Uh, welcome to the program, Anne. Oh, thank you, Di. It's good to be here. Yeah. Yes, well, we, we used to talk a bit with your previous work, but it's been, uh, it must be about five years since you were on last. And uh, what have you been up to in the last five years? Uh, lots of things, I think. Um, well, so, you used to uh, be the editor of Plumwood Mountain Journal. Yes, I managed to hand that over because was, I was past being too tired doing that. But I have actually published a number of things in that time. So a couple of poetry collections before Leaf, one called um, On Arrivals of Breath and one called Obligations of Voice from Recent Work Press. Both of those, I think, came out during the pandemic. And I edited a collection I've called Cloud Climbers that was bringing together art, short prose pieces and poetry around issues of peace and justice and peace for with Earth with the late artist um, William Kelly, who was really good to work with him. That came out a couple of years ago. Right. Um, and um, just a couple of um, academic things came together at that time too. I think it was just a bit of a, a conglomeration of, of yeah. books at the one, you know, in the one set of years. And and um, you had something uh, on madrigals as well. No, that no. wasn't me. Oh, okay, Sorry. no, that was someone else. I'd say. Okay, yeah. right. No, uh, I had something on the Magnificat. Oh, the Magnificat. Yeah. That's it. So yeah. Um, that was an academic book that was trying to read a biblical text with unsettling settler readings or white settler readings um, in view. Yes. Um, so, so now you've come to this leaf, the yes. new book, and tell me, was there a theme running through it when you were writing the poems? Yeah, so initially the the book was just a small book, a chat book, or in the UK they'd call it a pamphlet, that I sent into a very new press, Liquid Amber Press, um, run by um, Rose Lucas and Pauline Breitling. And um, they were just keen on me making a full-length collection. So it – and the initial – and really the heart of it is plant-based poems that are trying to engage respectfully with other kinds of things. But 
another aspect of it is dealing with the pandemic in a time of climate change. So it, so it's it's got those two aspects. And there's some visual elements to the text, partly because the press is a press that works between word and visual. And also it was a way of, of engaging with plants, leaves in another way. So so there are some 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 of my sketches which are fairly yeah. amateurish but they they were fun to do. Yeah. And next to the sketches you've put little bits of text. Yeah. Lyrate. Eat me says the plucked string how well I taste. Yeah. So yeah. so the the leaf that's shaped like a lyre is called lyrate and I just was sort of riffing on that kind of that kind of issue and looking at what some of those leaves did so you know if they were ones you could eat yes yeah yes so these are these are little picture poems yeah yeah yeah, yeah. great so there's there's a, a page of those at the beginning of each section yes mm. and you've divided the book into how many sections um, five sections okay yeah well, let's go to a poem. Um, I particularly like this one, Artifact. Mm. Well, this, this is actually quite an old poem, but I thought it fitted in the book. Yeah. <laughs> so would you like, you'd yeah, like would me you to like read it? Yeah, would you like to read it? Yes, okay. thank you. So Artifact. And this is um, in the shape of a circle, which the poem might explain. For years we have been saying that this round table in the corner a table you bought through the trading post from a deceased estate with four, or was it six, bentwood chairs, their cane lacework woven into curved frames, saying that the circle of beams laid parallel and trimmed, then smoothed and polished, should be cut back and varnished. Yesterday, in the leaked sun of blinds we drew against a 40-degree day, I noticed where a child, contrary to instruction, pressed too hard to draw and inscribed the dark plain. The afternoon light picked out meals and games, our lives tattooed in the flesh of trees long dead. Yeah, there's something very special about... I mean, I guess it's ekphrastic, isn't it? You know, mm. the way you're responding to the object. Yes. Um, and the other word that comes to mind is, you know, the inscription on vellum when they oh. when they, they erase the previous text and put another text and then oh. there's an underlying a palimpsest. text. Thank you, a I palimpsest. Yeah, palimpsest. Yeah. So mm. the table as palimpsest of, mm. of life mm. and family. I thought that was very special. Mm. Oh, thank you. So how did how was your COVID time, <laughs> lockdown era sort of moment? <laughs> uh, it was um, interesting. I mean, I think, you know, the introvert part of me didn't mind too much, but my mum was in aged care and still is, and um, they had a nasty outbreak in 2020, and um, it, it was pretty traumatic the month or the six weeks when that was happening I mean they dealt with it as best they could it wasn't an indictment of the the place it was just yeah awful because people kept dying and we didn't know who died and 
Yeah, and yet you knew they were people you knew. So. Oh, right. So it was pretty pretty hard and it was worse for mum because she was stuck in her room for about six weeks. Yes. Um, she did get COVID but not very badly. Right. Well, that's fortunate. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. But, I mean, it <laughs> went on for three years, so. I know, but that was hard and mm-hmm. I think the final lockdown was hard. It just went on, the final lockdown in 2021 was hard because it went on so long. Yes, so, yes. yeah, I feel like we've been coming out of our shell the last two, two and a bit years. Yes, I feel that too. Yeah. yeah. It, it it certainly dragged on a lot. Mm. Yeah, mm. it really did. Now, now, I mean, even though COVID's still around, there's other things to fill our minds, I think. Yeah, um, well, I guess we've just gotten used to having it as a background mm. noise. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the environment. Obviously, the focus of the book, Leaf, is very much the environment. Um, Now, as we mentioned, you were the editor of Plumwood Mountain Journal from from 2014 to 2020, seven Mm -hmm. years. And also, you were the editor of Hope for Whole, Poets Mm -hmm. Speak Up to Adani, uh, all about the... uh, Mm -hmm. A Dani coal mine mm. in Queensland. But tell me about, uh, got a poem in here called Glasgow 2021 mm. from afar. Now that talks about knitting scarves for the COP meeting in Glasgow. What was that mm. about? Yeah, I didn't actually knit a scarf, but a number of groups um, from around the world, I think, but including Common Grace in Australia, organised actions involving knitted scarves in the lead up to the Glasgow Climate Summit in 2021. So in Australia, Knit for Climate Action, scarves were gifted to politicians and they were asked to wear them on Show Your Stripes Day, which I think my local member um, did and a number of people did. But what was interesting, um, a friend of mine who's a meteorologist, Mick Pope, he designed the scarf based on climate data and so it graduated from blue to red um, for all this climate data from 1919 to 2019. Um, So, yeah, it was a really interesting action. Yeah, very interesting. And, I mean, we just heard today that global warming has now reached Mm. 1.4-something, only a few points under 1.5 degrees of heating. Yeah, I I heard that this morning when they were saying how, how much, how heated it was last year. I'm not sure whether that, I mean, I didn't hear whether that is ongoing. I know they expect it to be hotter this year or or whether that's, how that is related to the 1.5 target. But it does make the 1.5 target sound pretty hard to achieve. Yes, if all the heating just has to suddenly stop and go backwards, how is that going to happen? Yeah, I I don't know. I think you'd need me. Yes. Well, Um, anyway, would you like to read this poem? I will. Also, it references an eco-poet in um, Britain, Jonathan Skinner, who set up a a little table with poetry pamphlets at the Glasgow summit. So so he gave them to delegates and, and I guess anyone who was around, you know, witnessing the summit as well. So Glasgow 2021 from afar, and and I guess you'll hear it also references um, Wordsworth. (laughs) So I think it's Wordsworth, or is it Denise Levitoff? Perhaps both of them. The world with us, is it enough? It's shape-shifting benefaction, time stills in breath. I hold against a coming, 
already come, when wind snakes through atmosphere, a gyre, a cinder weave. If asked, trees will answer with bend or crash. Some days a rustling sigh builds and flows, dissipates like prayer spoken into the drift of sleep. Climate becomes feather on skin, a question I evade. Smoke burning the finest nasal hair, rack of weather tangling a beached boat's rainbow pennant, oceans away, and scarves knitted with science for a summit, bold, futile pamphlet a poet gifts to the pluck of hope. Yes, nicely said. Mm. And uh, we all need hope and you know, it can be wise hope based on positive action. It's not just exactly. um, a mindless hope, but, mm. but informed hope supported by, yep. by action. So, yeah, yeah well done. Mm. Now, there's a very different kind of poem called Regeneration, which is a bit more about your own feelings. Uh, it's a bit more internal and less concerned with the outside world. Uh, how did this poem come about? Good question. Um, I think it, it's probably a number of things, but thinking about those things that throw you into a, a difficult space. And I cannot now recall what might have been the particular thing. I do have some work that's nearly ready to send out that's around the Catholic Church response to the Royal Commission into Child Sexual Abuse. So it could have been around that. Um, we were secondary witnesses um, in relation to that at one, po one point. But it could also have been in relation to the pandemic and, and the outbreak at Mum's home. So I'm not sure. Yes. Um, well, not sure now. Yeah, it doesn't matter. No. Yeah. So, so this poem moves between the human and the plant and, and sort of connections and so I'd see metaphor as, as not simply about using the plant but it but there's a hopefully an interplay cool. so I'll read it regeneration a trigger choose a moth hole in the conversation streaming I mend with slow stitch while doubt dresses in the worn knit of another's need unpicked like my own Outside, wild breath's havoc leaves me scathed and wondering. Can I pick up the ripped limbs again, knowing I too am woven, bark thin and brittle? Yes. Well, at least it's titled Regeneration, so we hope you can. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, mm. uh, it, it's interesting how... Things can throw one mm, and mm. You, there can be a scattering of nerves and uh, a sense of wholeness. Yes. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's also like the, there's the interplay there between what's happening in the outside world. You know, we had a whole lot of wind, which we've had again recently, you know. Yes. Um, a huge lot of wind and trees falling down and things like that. So it's sort of internal and external worlds. Coinciding. Yeah. Sometimes they fuse. Mm. A 
think writing is the best medicine that you know can heal you so quickly. I want to talk about issues that we have in common between us. Because I recognize that in people. They want this sense of community, this sense of belonging, this sense of, yes, he knows what I think about, he knows what I'm talking about. It was poetry by the workers, for the workers, about the workers' work. It's just about facing those truths in your life. Don't put away your story. Be the puzzle, not the piece. This is Spoken Word on 3CR Community Radio. Don't get me started. Talked about hope before and I think there's a, there's also a little bit of a sense of hope in desire in the Anthropocene another poem yes yeah yeah so this poem desire in the Anthropocene I dedicated to my publishers Pauline Breitling and Rose Lucas a pied kararong tempts me with its glamorous mouth and curve plumes gloss white trim I aim to snap But the bird says, no, withdraws firmly behind a trunk. A bill protrudes and one eye checks me out. I refrain from seeking better vantage for a shot, as if already it's too late. Already it's too late when my humid thought of warming knows data's story, if not its end, and wingtips of straining breath Prickle with dread. Already it's too late. Still I write, not in desperation but in love with planet's pull. Grace answers for futility. A splendour of feathered intellect persists beside a word that holds for hope, as if another future might arrive. Yeah, well, we are hoping that another future arrives. Mm. Um, I like this line, Grace answers for futility. What did you have in mind when you wrote that? Well, I guess it's it's the idea. I guess I have a bit of an idea of material or an earthly grace rather than the Christian, the, the traditional Christian doctrine. But that there, as a chance for another of, of another possibility, other possibilities than the ones that we're mired in, I guess, so that, that there's a chance of things shifting, um, not not on their own, but that there is, yeah, that, that we're not necessarily, not everything we do is futile. Yes, yes. Well, yeah, uh, yeah I... But it's unpredictable. It is unpredictable. Mm. Now... There's another poem of yours which I really liked because of its close observation of nature uh, where you're looking at a dragonfly. Mm. Uh, I thought that was really charming and just wonderful, a wonderful intimate Mm. moment. Would you like to read Under the Rotary Mm. Clothesline? Yeah, thanks, Di. I think it was one of the good sides of lockdowns was that we ended up becoming more alert to what was in our own very close locality so this was just and sometimes we called the lockdown the great pause so so um so pause comes through this poem in a different way under the rotary clothesline i pause before hanging the wash to watch a large dragonfly who pauses too and hovering faces me eyes too small for me to see We are paused 
until the creature resumes its flight in widening arcs. Reaching for a peg, I wonder, how might I have looked to another? Yes. What does the dragonfly see? Yeah. And they have those uh, multi, like octododecahedron type of eyes, you know. They yeah, have these I, funny I, faceted eyes. Yeah, so yeah. How, how do we look and why did it pause? You know? Yeah. It's just, it yeah. could have been coincidence, but who knows. Yeah. So I've noticed there's a few poems in the book about Banksias. Uh, what, what was the thinking about Banksias behind them? Well, the central section of the book is mostly shaped around several poems about banksias so it's and and other trees in our local or plants in our local area so there's also a tree tea tree poem so um yeah so in a way that's why the book's shaped around these poems responding to local local trees um, particularly coast banksias and also thinking of them in terms of colonization and even their name is colonial given from a... Joseph Banks. Joseph Banks. He came out with Captain Cook. Yeah, so a botanist who arrived with with this colonial explorer, uh, in inverted commas, explorer. Yeah, so um, so there is actually a poem that deals, a concrete poem that deals directly with that, um, Waterborne, that they arrived. And this poem, Banksia integrifolia, so that's um, botanical name for the coast banksias that are in my area. Yeah, it's just a small, small piece. Okay. Yeah, would you like to read that? I will. Yep, thank you. Um, banksia integrifolia. Stenciled and still, coast banksias, ubiquitous in this suburb, are ogreish in their sculpting. With no impulse towards symmetry, they undermine our settlerscape, where the asymmetry of gums is elegant on the whole. A banksia bristles, it will not say, consider yourself at home. Yes, and there's a bit of a theme in your book as well, with which is sensitive and aware of the settler status mm. of you know, the white community. Yeah. And uh, would you like to say something about that? Yeah, so I grapple with that in most of my aim to in most of my um, eco-poetic writing and other writing and um, trying to think how to live well as on stolen land and how not to pose it, not to possess it or to, and to become less entitled. Now you've got another poem in the collection uh, sun Glint Drift, which I think more directly addresses the, the topic of settler status. So mm-hmm. would you like to read that? Okay, thanks, Di. Sun Glint Drift. A name for what speaks this day to water. As Creek replies, mirror. A woman is not the scene. This is private talk. Though she witnesses a multitude of small sparkles unshifting on flow, a possibility of cooperation in reflection, where currents are both repeated and new, the woman disappears into its age, a visitor who might be 
but is not quite estranged. Without certainty, she imagines the elders who came by light water for tucker or song. Those who keep it now in care according to law. It is not hers, this place. Receiver of stolen goods, the woman retreats. Creek gives to land a liquid testimony. Yeah, so there's another sense of palimpsest there, isn't there, in the, in the creek holding the history. Am I right or no? Um, yes, and also the present, um, because there may well still be, there are still people looking after the creek, local peoples. So it's just that, yeah. So it's a lot of not knowing um, as a settler about place. Right. Yeah. I like the way it begins a name for what speaks this day to water mm. as creek replies mirror. Mm. It's very cleverly done. Mm. Yeah, well, the creek acts as a mirror. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, a woman is not the scene. This is private talk, though she witnesses a multitude of small sparkles unshifting on flow, a possibility of cooperation and reflection. So there's a there's a good engagement with the river. Yeah. 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 It's just our local creek, Cannanook Creek. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> down on Bunarong Country. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. All right. Well, thank yeah. you for coming in. Oh, thank you, Di. Yeah. So let's hope for more earth care and justice this year. Yes. And peace. And peace. There's mm. end to war. Yeah. Mm. So I've been speaking to Anne Elvie about her new book, Leaf. Thank you for coming in. Thank you, Di. My name is Di Cousins and this has been the 3CR Spoken Word Program. And we'll just go out with some music from the CD by Joseph Tawadros to those who came before. This is track 13.
You're listening to 3CR 855 AM, the voice of the community. 3CR Community Radio, giving the voice to the community since 1976.